Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Orange and Backcheck Podcast with Bill Kornfeld and Scott Weinhardt. Welcome in. It is once again another edition of Orange and Backcheck, episode 39, the Mark Alt episode of Orange and Backcheck. You really just said my Mark Alt? I did. I That was the only guy that was the longest tenured guy with number 39 on this team. Right? <laughs> yes, that's correct. That's correct. We we are, as always, presented by our presenting sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. When signing up, use promo code BACKCHECK to get your sign-up bonus. So we thank you, DraftKings, as always. Well, uh, a guy sitting across from me that's going to be a bum head and going to bring us all down and give us a reality check, Scott Weinhardt. How's it going? Hey, man. Listen, the Flyers won today. It's great. I'm not going to bring anybody down. <laughs> Wait, I'm but, just kidding. I'm totally but. everybody back the hell up. Calm down a bit, all right? <laughs> all right? Just because we beat the Capitals who didn't have John Carlson today. They did and not. Didn't, yeah. They didn't really – I didn't see anything. We'll get into it. But, it, it, look, it was – that was more of a grinded out kind of game by both teams. And still, the big test comes Saturday. Don't get your hopes up. Let's see what happens. Well, the good thing is they're a guaranteed a top two seed. As we talked about last night, uh, as long as they got a, I believe it, they could have just gotten a point tonight and they would have locked up at least a top three seed. So uh, I keep going back to it. They're playing with house money after this game, but uh, like, or playing with house money throughout this entire uh, qualifying round or playing round, whatever you want to call it. Um, overall, what was your thoughts on this solid, very solid win? Despite the, as you were pointing out, the grinded out win, this was one of the best wins that they had all season, I would say, to answer the bell of the pressure of trying to keep up with Tampa after they won um, against Boston. So now wh- where, where's your head at after tonight? I wouldn't call it pressure. I don't think they have any. I don't think they feel any pressure the way they're playing. It doesn't look like they have any pressure. They're playing loose. Yep. Dude, I, I don't know what it is with this team. And I know we give a lot of credit to Elaine Vigneault, but he's not the only one who deserves it. It's uh, Michael Terrian or Michelle Terrian, however you want to pronounce it, and Mike <laughs> Yo. They deserve a lot of credit. Even Ian LaPeria, they deserve a lot of credit. That defense today, I, I mean, Brian Elliott wasn't tested at all. 
No, I, for a game that I thought that was going to be a little more offensive than it was, I thought it was like a 4-3 win. I mean, Elliot, it, I mean, it was a fluke goal how it happened, a double deflection. I'd like to see his five-hole close all the way because it should be when you have a, when you have a play in like that. Okay, I'll, yeah, I'll that- allow it and let it squeak through. But I mean, they only had – the Capitals only had 17 shots on goal. So that yeah. was the I, I I am impressed by how well the defense is coming along because that's been the team's Achilles heel since Chris Pronger left. Yeah, and I, I, to, to expand on that, what also stood out to me was just the crisp passing. Once they won, they won sixty seven percent of their faceoffs today. Like they have always historically been, I would say, or at least this season, definitively. A, they've won a ton of faceoffs. They've been able to control the zone or get back out of their zone very quickly by winning these faceoffs. Claude Giroux is one of the best faceoff men in, in the league, I would say. And, and just the fact that they were able to establish themselves early and often after winning those. And then Kevin Hayes had, I think he had three assists on the day. Maybe even, I maybe just, no, he had three assists. Yeah, three assists today. All three goals, yep. His his puck movement and his stick handling to create the, those passes, I mean, give credit to Travis Sanheim to come down and, and realize the openness of what the Capitals were doing in the defense on that second goal. But my goodness, like the passing on this team has taken a step forward that I didn't think was achievable, not because they can't do it, but because I didn't think they could get any better than they already were. That's and you make a great point with that. I didn't think this team would look this good coming out of it. Now, now I know I just said everybody calm down. Theory on that too. Go ahead. Well, I mean, I look at it this way: this team has. I thought they would eh, take a little bit of time to come together and gel a little bit. Yeah. Maybe it took that Pittsburgh game because it took them a little while to get going in that one. I, I mean, this team is completely different from what I've seen in the past. You make a comment about their passing. Their passing is very, very crisp. It's very, very fast. They gain speed to the neutral zone very quickly. They're not, you know, back before this season, they would allow to control the puck in the back end and try to work their way through the neutral zone with control of the puck. Now they're using puck speed where they're passing it very quickly through the neutral zone and getting it and establishing a forecheck. I haven't seen that from this team before. And defensively, they're not getting up any great scoring chances. Even when the Capitals are making tight passes in front, guys were getting sticks in the passing lanes. They're not getting overwhelmed by anything. It's It's been mind-boggling how a team who was so bad last year, let's be honest, they were bad last year. Yes, they turned it on after a little while, but they still weren't a great hockey team at all. How they've just done this 180 like this. It's just, it's it's been really, really fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it just comes down to a change of atmosphere. What you see it with teams Agreed. all the time, like, is especially, it's most prominent in the NFL. The NFL has the biggest in terms of, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't call it parody, but like, um, the ability of a simple change in one team. San Francisco 49ers are a great example. They were 3-13 th- and the year before they went to the Super Bowl, and then they ended up in the Super Bowl. They lost to the Chiefs. But one little change or one little tinker in, in that team's chemistry or or mindset completely changed how the, the team I- I expects themselves. I think AV was able to do that here. Dave Haxtell, as I think he was – I think he's a – would have been a decent head coach – if he had gone, I actually kind of agree with Mike Milbury, not to the degree that he went, but Mike Milbury made a comment a couple years back, 
might have been two years ago now, where he said, I don't agree with Hackstall being here because he didn't go through the ranks of being a hockey coach. He went from right from college to the NHL. And know that right. and for the average listener or the average hockey fan, I should say, that sounds weird because we see it all the time in the NFL, a college right. guy going to the NFL. Right. But with hockey, it's a little bit different because you gotta work different. your way, you gotta work your way through juniors, whatever it may be on that level, and then you kind of get your grind your teeth as a uh, as an assistant, and then you're finally given your chance after like a decade almost, maybe five or six years at at, at, at least. I think in, in, in that scenario, that's where Mike Milbury was right about Dave Haxall. And that's why AV was able to tap in to the talent that was already there for this team last year and the years prior. I think you wanted to go a step deeper than that. I agree with what you're saying. And I agree. It, it's completely different with, with NCAA hockey in, in the United States. It's, it's very, very different than going up and being a coach in the WHL, the QMJHL. Uh, the OHL, the CHL, um, all those different leagues that they have in Canada for juniors, they're, they're really like they groom guys for hockey because you're around them all the time. Like you're basically living together. You know, you're, you have that tightness, that close-knit group where you're, that's your craft. Yep. Don't forget the NCAA has restrictions on how often a player can be on the ice practicing those types of different things. So um, that's why you see a lot more higher development in Canada because that's the way to go if you really want to focus and try to get to the pros. That's the easiest way to get there. Um, with Hackstall, though, and I'm glad you brought this up because it's, it's something I actually really, really thought about earlier when you and I were chit-chatting about uh, Vigneault. Mm-hmm. With, with Hackstall, he's more of a development coach. He's more of a guy, if you watch the kind of the drills you would do, the, the SAGs, uh, as USA Hockey calls them, small area games, you play hockey in small areas of the ice. He was very focused on developing those skill sets, those individual skill sets, which you see a lot with younger, younger players. Even at the higher levels, you still need to have those individual skills. Yep. Hextall was really, really good at that, and that's why Hextall really took a young team and said, "Hey, you got to develop them," you know. And that's that's that was Hextall's theory. With Vigneault. He's a guy who can get these guys to play together, not just focus on the individual skills, but understand the team game. And because it is, there is a massive difference. Hockey is not an individual sport, as we can see now with the Flyers, is that you know you're not going to carry the puck up ice yourself, then make the pass and be the first guy in the zone entry. You got to move that puck quickly. You got to get teams on their heels. You got to go as a unit. You got to know where you got to be on the ice, and you got to get there. And and when you get there, you expect the puck to be there. Almost like, you know, Carson Wentz throwing it to a receiver. You know, he, he, he's he got to throw the route and the guy's got to be there. Right. He's picking a spot. Same exact concept in hockey. You have to be in your spots in the ice and you expect to go the puck to go there. The puck's going to open areas. Get to the open areas. And Well, perfect example is and that's why the 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 first goal looks so good. Travis Konechny set up uh, uh, Mike, uh, Michael Lawton, uh, uh, Scott Lawton. Scott I don't Lawton. know why. I don't know why. I said Michael Lawton. I don't know why you're thinking that either. You're thinking of Mike Milbury, Michael Raffle. Yeah, I guess either way. He set up Scott Lawton perfectly, and it was behind the back pass, essentially. It was a blind pass because he knew that someone was going to be there. He might not have known that Scott Lawton was going to be there, but he knew a flyer was going to be there. Right. And that goes to AV system. Exactly. And it's because they, they have enough speed where they can play more wide open. And that's that's huge because that's something that was missing for a lot of years. It wasn't so much a left winger, it was their puck speed. You yep. know, you'd see you'd see glimpses of it when they would when they would do it in certain games throughout the years, but they can never do it as consistently as they're doing it. I don't think it's because the team so much isn't 
Uh, granted, they have a lot more depth. It's not because the players haven't gotten so much better. It's because they're playing better as a unit. And with that comes good things because now, like, you know, that's Claude Giroux doesn't have a goal yet. Jake Vorchick doesn't have a goal yet. JVR doesn't have a goal yet. But you have guys like Kevin Hayes getting three assists, Travis Konechny having two assists, Scott Lawton is your leading scorer so far. That's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, he, you know, because Flyers fans don't really know him. The fact that he in juniors he was a scoring forward. They brought him here and he had to learn the defensive side of the game first, which is great for a center. But he can play the center and the wing, which makes him so versatile. And if you can tap into the scoring that he used to have in juniors, that makes the team even better. So. Um, it's it's amazing how just by making some tweaks like that and getting this team to play together as a unit and trusting each other and having that chemistry that we haven't seen here for so long, it makes it really exciting. But, uh-oh, I did it. There's that buzz kill. I got you all excited. And you got, you had me kill. so ready to just dub them the Stanley Cup champions, Scott. Yeah, I, I had you right there, but it's <laughs> only been two games games look let's be honest john carlson did not play today he would make a big impact for washington how he drives the play from their back end alex ovechkin did not play well today nick backstrom did not play well today their big guys did not play well so and they played pretty decently in the second half against tampa so i again it's the round robin granted it's great that they're going to end up at the worst second seed but just because what happens on 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 Saturday, don't take it and expect like, oh, they're going to get a better team now. They're going to go all the way. They're going to go deep. Take it game by game by game because I can promise you. No, I can guarantee you, to quote Vince McMahon, that there will be a lot of drama coming up in the next couple of weeks that you're going to get torn apart on your insides. It's not going to be yeah. an easy run. So no, be not. prepared emotionally because you might be high right now, but it only takes one shot for be like, oh man, now we're looking at disaster again. Right. And to your point about Washington OV, Ovechkin not looking that great. I have a, I'm not, I'm trying to find the wording for this. I, basically, it seems like the Flyers are the only team of the four one, four teams in the round robin taking it seriously. And that goes to coaching. That goes to AV and, and Mike Yo and all the guys that are doing this to get this team prepared. It doesn't, Boston clearly doesn't care. I know they're banged up. We talked about that after the Boston win. Someone made a great comparison. I think Pierre Lebrun uh, responded, to the, responded to them, quote tweeted them, whatever it was. They, it seemed like Washington for about 45 minutes to 50 minutes of this game treated it like a preseason game. And, and to your point about pumping the brakes and holding off, you're right because the Flyers are looking good because they're the only team, it seems, that the, of the two teams that they've played, we'll see on Saturday with Tampa, that are taking this seriously. They're vying. They knew that they were a four seed no matter what, and they only saw the upward swing of where they could go, and they're capitalizing on that. And the everyone else just seems to treat it as if it was a preseason game. Am I wrong in analyzing that, or analyzing that, or is it is there something else there? I don't think you're wrong. I don't think you're wrong. I think that the Flyers have enough depth where you know they don't. It, I mean, Connor Bunneman played today. I he mean, did. It, yeah, it, JVR I, was a late scratch. It seemed. Yeah, I, and I a mean, healthy scratch. Yeah, and then, well, that's it. They, well, they want to try different things. 
you know, maybe even Carson Twarinski, you might see him one more time in a couple of days. You never know. See, I think I think I, I differ on that. I don't. I, I know we talked about uh, it was either in the preseason or the, the preseason, the prelude to, the, to to this to the round robin or uh, two episodes ago with the reaction to Boston. I have a feeling AV's gunning for the one seed now that it's now that it's in sight. Like if they had lost today, he might have tinkered with the lines a little bit more. He already said like I'm riding out this this the the Hayes Lawton uh, line. Obviously, yeah. Um, I don't think we're gonna see any. I don't I, if. No, you're right. I don't, I don't even, I don't I, even like I, like we talked about how we were gonna see Shane to see how, how he might fit. I think Shane's riding the bench until game one or game two of whoever they play in the first round of the playoffs. I don't think he's gonna make it that far. I don't, yeah, I don't, I I don't like think that, Shane's gonna see lost. the ice. I just right. the way this team, the way their chemistry is right now, unless something is really, really egregious where they can't score and they need some more push off the back end, that's when you would see Shane come in. Other yeah. than that, I mean, Travis Sanheim scored today, and he jumped into the play as a forward. Basically, it, it was, and that goal was ridiculous. That was one of the most, the prettiest goals I've seen all year long. In, the like, entire sequence, the entire agreed. sequence was was gorgeous. Kevin Hayes was just patiently waiting and just deking out everyone on the Capitals, waiting for someone to pinch and get to the open uh, section of the ice. And sit, Travis Sanheim was just like. No one's in my area. I'm just going to pinch and see what happens here. And Kevin Hayes laid a beautiful pass to him to set up the goal. That's called cycling. That's yep. called cycling, my friend. And that's something that exactly that they needed to do. And you that you listen, you keep teams off balance, find the open areas. Uh, and that's 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 important. Like so that's really good that, you know, I mean, think of Phil Myers scored a couple games ago and now you have him uh, what's it called that? Uh, now you have um Sandheim scoring. So you already have two goals from your defenseman, none from your top line. I'd say this team is ready to go. And yeah, like everyone's going to, every, I I feel like every, we'll, we'll get into our criticisms. And I think we both are going to be on the same page when we get to that in just a minute here. But everyone outside of us are going to immediately just look at, oh, well, JVR is not scoring. I know he was a scratch, but like JVR is not scoring. Voracek's not scoring. Claude Giroux is not scoring. Everyone's going to focus on these guys. But at at the same time, the players that you expect to not be scoring are scoring. And if you have your top line and your bottom six scoring, there's no stopping this team. And, or if like if the pick, if the slack goes to the, the bottom six and the top six has to carry the weight, they could easily do that. Like nothing. There's no concern. There's one concern that I'm going to have that I have coming out of this game, but it's not anything to do with specifically the top line on in a five V five situation. Well, first of all, I will say this. If you want to sound smart in front of your friends when they're talking about Giroux and Voracek, talk about the bottom six. And then it'll yeah. be like, whoa, like this guy knows what he's talking about because most people don't know about the bottom six and how important they are come playoff time. Yep. But I do want to hear what you – I look at this game today. I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't see anything false. The only thing that really like caught my eye when I first saw it, I was like – I was I, I caught it um, – I caught. The, I started the game a little late. But mm-hmm. when I caught this stat, it just kind of blew me away. I'm like, why are the Capitals already have like I had like at this point they had close to 20 hits. I'm like, why do they have so many hits already? I just are they trying to frustrate them or get them off their game? It obviously wasn't working. Um, I think you know what I think it was. They ended up. I'm looking at the stat line now. They ended up with 42 hits right. compared to the Flyers' 23. So almost get double. That. 
yeah. almost double. I think we're it's because we're we're not used to a new Flyers team that focuses on skating and speed rather than checking and establishing the zone. Well, it's not even that. No, and I I hundred percent agree with you. I I they're they're more of a speed based team than a than a, like a hitting team nowadays. They're trying to they grind it out. They can win these grinded out games, and you need those in the playoffs. But they're not. You know, and everybody brings up the cliche about the bullies. Uh, hockey's not really – hits aren't as important as people think. Hit you, you check people to separate the puck from the player. If you have good stick work and you're really good using your stick and separating the puck that way, you don't have to hit. So what it tells me is that, that the Capitals were kind of trying to play a little more physical to try to wear them down a little bit, and it wasn't working because, you know, defensively the Flyers were so on point today you know, they didn't have to do anything to kind of match the Capitals' physicality because they had enough established in the defensive zone to be able to understand that they don't have to pull themselves out of position and try to knock a guy off the puck because they're using their sticks to do that. Yeah. So I think let's get into the what we need to what let's get into the criticism on the offensive side. We'll get into defense a little bit later. Um I think what stuck out to me was Strictly the power play. I think the special team on the power play side looked really rough at times. I don't like they went 0 for 6 on the day. Obviously, that includes when that that was their weird sequence. I want to say it was in the second period where it was just back and forth on exchanging penalties. There was absolutely no flow to either side of these teams, and it was just rough going for both of them. The, it didn't look like up until I want to say the only power play that looked decent was the third one. They really started to get a cycle going. They had a couple shots on. They made they got Holpe to move around a little bit, but overall, I thought they looked really rough. And if they go over whatever against Tampa on Saturday, I'm assuming it's going to be night, but we'll, we'll, we're still waiting on that time. If they can't get a couple power play goals against Tampa, I don't think they're going to win. Well. JVR was also out of the lineup too today, so that's a big piece off your power play. You yeah, need his size yeah. up front. You need that, and he also the fact that he can tap. And, they try, and he tried that with Farabee. You try. You saw Farabee a little bit on the power play too. Yeah, and Farabee, he's going to get going at some point. I think uh, people are saying like he's just going to explode once he finally gets one. He had a lot of chances today, but he's still kind of working through the motions. He's a young player. Give him some time. Yeah. I think he's still probably adjusting to the speed, which is normal for a rookie. Um, I, for the power play. Probably set him up there to more experiment with it. I don't think you'll see Joel Farabee on the, on the power play in the playoffs. I mean, he has the ability to do it. I just don't think it's it's the right fit for him at this time. I, the only question is, is that you're kind of going to have to change up your power play a little bit if that's the case. You have to keep JVR up front in your top power play unit because he's got to be the guy who gives you the screen. He's the biggest body. Other than that, you're going to use Kevin Hayes to do that. He can. He's done it before. Um, but Kevin Hayes, he's better off helping cycle down low when they set up in the umbrella formation. I would drive it more from your point if that's the case there because he can get tips in front. So um, it depends on how they're setting up. They, they're probably trying different things. Are they going to try more attacking down low? Are they going to try to shoot it from the point? I, and one thing I've noticed this whole round robin too is that point shots aren't working. Usually you can get them yeah, through. they're not. They're not. So many teams are ready for the blocks and they're just they're collapsing between the slide, they're they're setting up a collapsing defense in like a, a small box where while one man might pressure the point man a little bit, they're really, really making sure when guys are winding up, they're they're getting in the lanes, they're not letting anything through. So um until and, that point you got to play down lower. You gotta have to try to get garbage yeah. goals and force plays in front, deflections off skates. It's the only way you're gonna score because teams are now ready for it. 
Yeah, and to that point about the point shots not working, what I'm also not seeing work very well is Claude Giroux's office space, where he's working from the dot, uh, just below the below below the dot to try and get that sharp angle goal. He's not getting many chances. Obviously, we already talked about it. he's still looking for his first goal this round robin. He had over six minutes of power play time, and he didn't pre- he didn't produce anything. Obviously, so I think he he needs to stop. He, it's tough when like you, it's all bleeding back to these garbage goals right now, and. That bodes well for Saturday. We'll get into Saturday, obviously, in a moment here. But, like, the garbage goals are what they're going to have to really get to beat Vasilevsky. Yeah, and you see, the thing is about Giroux, I I wouldn't take too much stock in that. I know that that's his place off the circle, but Washington has the biggest threat off that circle in the world in Alex Ovechkin. I mean, how many times have you seen him off that circle, get that one-time pass and just hammer it home, even when the goalie's in position? I'm honestly shocked it didn't happen today. It seems like he – I think they showed a stat in the pregame. He's, I think, third all-time against the Flyers in terms of goals scored or points scored. Like, it it just comes natural to him to be able to score from that angle against the Flyers, and I'm shocked it didn't happen today. It's not just against the Flyers. It's everybody. I I don't even know if he scored a goal this season against the Flyers. I don't know if he did. I go back, and I don't think he scored a goal this season. Against yeah, them. I mean the like again. It, it came down to Brian Elliott was a total domination again against this team. He looked really good. He, I like you said that five hole was the only bad portion that led up that goal. Um, and, and it, like the team just has owned Washington and these top teams, other than who they're going to be playing on Saturday. Yeah, and I mean I don't. I wouldn't say that. I don't, with all due respect, I wouldn't say Elliot dominated today. Elliot did his job. I don't think he had yeah, dominated. Yeah, he didn't good. have yeah. to make any really tough saves. Washington really didn't have any great scoring chances. They didn't really have anything to to write home about because, and that's a testament to the Flyers' defense. I mean, in two games this round robin, they've given up two goals each off of deflections, off of their own teammates. So you're, they're doing something right here. <laughs> so, I mean, think about it. Brian Elliott almost had a shutout today. Carter Hart almost had a shutout the other day. Yeah. You, you, you're kidding me? What, 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 when have we seen this? We haven't. So, um, again, Carter Hart played very well the other day. He had to late in that third period. Brian Elliott just had to do his job. He stayed very calm. He didn't re- overplay it. But you know what? At the end of the day, you want a good matchup against a good team, and the guy, if you had to bring him in the playoffs, I am fully confident Brian Elliott would even take him deep in the sense that uh, that defense is playing so well that you don't need him to make that get in position for that second save because the defense is already there. If he only has to really stop the first one on the defense, it's up to the defense to clear out the rest of them. So I think that's important going and having strong goaltending in the playoffs, which we haven't seen since uh, – 1974 or five? <laughs> 75. Yeah, I've been that long. I mean, maybe even Pete Peters in 1980, but since I'm sorry, actually, the last time we saw strong gold thing was 1987 with Ron Hextall against yeah. Edmonton. And yeah. most of people, I would assume, I wasn't really alive then. I was only two. You probably weren't even born yet. I so, was not. Nope. yeah, so that's the point. So, that before our really our lifetimes, yeah, it's <laughs> the last time it's happened. Well, let's take this moment before we get into well, – let's dive into the penalty kill, which looked pretty good, and the defense. But before that, we want to thank our presenting sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Look, it, it started today on Thursday. The long wait is finally over. In addition to all of this great stuff in the NHL and hockey and basketball and, and, and upcoming football, hopefully, what started today is golf's first major of the year. 
Golfers are already in San Francisco to tee off and compete for the crown, and there's no better way to join in the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To celebrate golf's first major of the year, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering special odds and promotions all weekend long, not just today. So if you miss today, don't worry. You have all weekend to figure out who you want to bet on. And all new users get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Wait, how much? $1,000 of a sign-up bonus. All they got to use is promo code BACKCHECK. And it's like I said, it's not just Thursday. It's every day of the tournament. DraftKings Sportsbook is boosting your profits by 30%. All you have to do is opt in and place a bet. Head to the app right now and check out all that they have to offer, including player props, day-to-day action, and even hole-by-hole live betting. So, Scott, if you see that hole six, that par four or par five, whatever it is, and you're like, I'm going to just ride this hole the entire day, go for it. You can with DraftKings Sportsbook. And as football season is clear in our sights, DraftKings Sportsbook has rolled out a season-long football pick and pool with list, with with the participants with up to $2 million in prizes up for grabs. $2 million in prizes. That could be yours. Make your picks and watch the games unfold. Plus, DraftKings Sportsbook is safe, secure, and the most reliable betting app. You can deposit and withdraw your funds quick and convenient anytime, anywhere. All you got to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code BACKCHECK when you sign up. That's promo code BACKCHECK. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook is going all out with with a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Just enter the promo code BACKCHECK when you sign up. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Now, you must be 21 or older, Pennsylvania only, in partnership with Meadows Racetrack and Casino. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each of them up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I got a question. How yes. do you get bad at golf? It makes me think about like Tiger Woods and how do you just all of a sudden get bad at golf? It doesn't make sense to me. I, I've never been good like, at golf, but I, I feel like once you have that swing down, you could probably oh, never go see, bad. No, no, you go bad all the time. So <laughs> I, like here's here. Here's a day in the life. So not I don't want to sound braggy. I okay. think I am one of the for an average person. I think I'm one of the better golfers for the average human. Like, I'll, I, I, I will take you golfing and I will show you the exact opposite of that. Right. So <laughs> I, like, so this year, particularly I have been playing really good golf. Like, I don't know what it is. I, I don't know if it's me be getting competitive because some of my friends have getting into this game, but, and I always play with my dad. It's one of the best experiences I get. It's one of the bonding, one of the best bonding moments that I get to have with my dad. It's almost every weekend that we get to play. So for example, two weeks ago, I shot an 87 at the golf course that we play at. Last week, 
I was on pace to break 80 before I completely fell apart and lost my swing. One hole by hole, I can go from having a drive for dead center draw on a fade going 250. And on the next hole, I'll hit a slice that will only go 215 yards. Like it it varies. That's how it goes. Like, like, and on the professional level, like Tiger Woods lost it all. He lost it all. Yes. During that whole uh, fiasco with his wife and the cheating scandal. I'm not even talking about that. Just in general, just got bad all of a sudden right but and i don't blame like he like the back his back surgeries that he had to go through that's the really reason why like that's oh. what happens you're it, it you're it is the most like it's one of the most you don't realize how much of your body goes into a golf swing until you take a lesson and realize <laughs> what you've been missing out on when you are take that initial swing Jeez, sometimes I can't even make contact with the ball. <laughs> so that's it's actually why hockey players are really good. Like, like, yeah. like Claude Giroux is one of the better golfers, I believe, from from during the off season when there is a normal off season and everything's normal. Claude Giroux is one of the better golfers on the team, from what I've heard. Wow, how about so, that? That's how that. that's how it goes. Yeah, we'll have to go golf them one time. We'll have to do that oh once God, the season's yes. over. Once the season's over, then we'll actually hit the links. I'm down for that. I'm always All down right. for that. Let's do it. Let's do so, it. So let's dive back into this before we wrap up for tonight. Um, so obviously we have Tampa coming up. I, they still have not announced this. I have to imagine it's going to be the primetime game it's on gotta Saturday. It's got to be 8 o'clock. It's going to have to be. be. I didn't realize, too. I mean, we'll we'll do a podcast. We'll, we'll have our initial reaction late Saturday, early Sunday morning. But the final game isn't until Sunday with Boston and, and Washington to determine the three and four seeds. I, I didn't realize that. But either way, like – Going into uh, taking out of this win, we talked about how the power play didn't look really good. On the other side of that, the penalty kill looks incredible. Like they, they mm-hmm. shut out Washington again. They went 0 for 4 Washington on the power play. Obviously, there, again, there were moments when they had four seconds of power play and then they lost it because they committed a power play uh, penalty themselves. Overall takeaways on the power play or on the penalty kill for the Flyers, Scott. Uh, just solid positioning, not giving them any chances. Again, they only had a total. Uh, 17 shots on goal today. I mean, yeah. and, and with even with the power play chances, the fact that, you know, generally you get about, eh, if you're lucky, two or three shots on a power play to begin with, the fact that they, they just aren't giving any guys any time and space. They weren't allowing Ovechkin to get to that circle and get off that big blast. And when guys were shooting, they weren't hitting the net. So what that tells me is that they're, the play the Flyers aren't giving other teams a lot of space to work with, and they're having the force-off shots. And when they do get chances – the Flyers have sticks in the right lanes, and they're making the smart plays to get out of the zone. Um, their penalty kill, it's gotten incrementally better. Um, I don't know if they've given up a power play goal at all uh, so far, even when in the exhibition game, um, but it's just a testament, again, to I believe that it's Mike Yo who's working on the penalty it kill. Yeah, so Mike I, it, it's a testament to him because – he had a he had a hard fall from grace going from Minnesota and St. Louis. He, had, he 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 fell hard, and the fact that he's been able to show how good of a coach he is is, is by by showing how well this penalty kill is. I mean, dude, it's 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 something we're just not used to seeing. It, it's eerily reminiscent, and I don't want to say it's similar. I hate to compare sports, and I hate to compare different experiences. It just feels weird. Like you look back at 2017 with the Eagles, and you're thinking. 
they can't be this good. Like they're good, but you just don't expect them to be that good on certain things. And especially with a backup that is Nick, that you the the reasoning of of why you had to turn to your backup. Right, right. But just that that just in general, like you know, you yeah. don't, I didn't expect this team to be this good on the penalty kill. The power play, yes, it needs work. Um, but it, it'll come. It just once they set up the right way, and once they get some garbage goals out of it, that's when it's gonna start clicking. It just takes one. So um, you know, I, I have nothing to say at Tim. I mean, they had eight blocks in the day, and you know, it's it's not half of basically had block eight shot, another eight shots from going on net. So it's uh you know, I'm I, I'm, I'm shocked. Uh, yeah, and I'm shocked we haven't brought up this player, but again, it goes to the, your philosophy of if you haven't talked about a defenseman, mentioned him specifically by name, he's having a really good game. Ivan Provorov almost had 30 minutes of ice time today. That was That's seven minutes more than I think what he was all on in the first game on Sunday against Boston. And he also took a – here's a shock to the NHL world – Tom Wilson d- delivered a dirty shot to his opposing player. It just happened to be Ivan Provorov who who took the shot. Can we just punt Tom Wilson into the sun? I'm tired no. of this guy. He scores too many goals. He's actually I'm so tired. He, of this he's guy. he can be a bit feisty and dirty sometimes, but a he's one of those bit. rare guys who can score. Who can, he's who can a score bit dirty. dirty. Yeah, it's being generous, saying a bit dirty. Listen, listen, listen. You know, let's let's. let's I get let's it. Be it's family friendly here. If you want me to get real raunchy, you know what I mean. We'll we'll put on the uh, <laughs> the e little e next to our name, and then we're in big trouble. But uh, no, I, I look. I sometimes I, I I don't recall fully the uh, the hit. I apologize, uh, so I really can't comment on it. Um, but I mean, look. Tom Wilson is going to be Tom Wilson. Tom Wilson generates a lot of different plays, and he can also score. So, uh, but you're right. Ivan Provorov has been the D man that they drafted and they needed. You know, it's kind of good that they didn't. The Flyers didn't throw the kitchen sink and go get Aaron Ekblad because Florida's not doing too well. Uh, they won yesterday, but Ivan Provorov is turning out to be the guy that you needed him to be. And yep. you know, not only that, that hair, man. Yeah, that hair. Good lord, man! Oh, like yeah. that's that's hockey. That's hockey flow, right he's there. He's never so. if, if they win the cup. He's <laughs> if they they don't even have to win the cup. If they go deep in the playoffs, he can never cut it, right? Like he has um, to stick with that tradition. Here, I I would. I mean, I I would. It's <laughs> awesome. I mean, there's so many guys who have these massive beards for the quarantine, and now this it's it's great to watch. But you yeah. know, Provorov's come a long way. I mean, you know, signing that contract, you know, you really put a lot of faith in him to step up. And he has. He's become that number one defenseman you need. I mean, you know, for a long time, the Flyers at Eric Desjardins, you know, he's becoming into that type of player where he'll be here for a long time and be the core of your defense. And he's only what? I believe he's um I believe he's 23 years old. So you gotta a defenseman can play till they're close to 40. So think of it this way. You know, uh, if you if you have a newborn today. Ivan Provorov will probably still be playing when he gets his driver's license, or she. So yeah, that's, that's, that's going to be a cool thing to watch. Yeah, he's only, he just turned twenty three in January. Yep. My goodness, that's yeah, crazy. and he's already that there. He's already turning into that top guy. I'm definitely going to get. I, I sent you that photo right before the Boston game. I'm going to need Mowgli to get more appreciative that he's wearing that that Ivan Provorov jersey or uh, jersey, I should call okay. it. <laughs> Listen, don't get me started on the dog dressing thing, man. I have no comment. <laughs> if it's flyers, it. it's fine. Yeah, but it, just- no, it's not fine. Uh, dogs have fur. They don't need clothes. All yeah, right? I get it looks cute and all that stuff, but come on. 
I just wanted to see. He didn't like it because so, he's a normal dog. He doesn't want to be dressed up. That's what I've learned. The most he's get like I already showed the wife the uh, the the flyer's collar that I'm going to get him when he's bigger, like when uh-huh. he's a full grown dog. Going to get him at least the collar. That'll that that's fine. Hey, there you go. That's easier than clothes, obviously, because it's a collar. There's they should have the collar on them. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't have a dog right now. I got to wait a couple years for that. But uh, yeah, it's. Uh, Look, look they, I mean, it would stink though. I mean, if they did win it this year, you can't take the dog with his little jersey to the parade because there won't be one. That was the other thing. Someone brought up that, like, yes, you're right, there won't be a parade. But if there was a parade, how would they even squeeze it in? Because they're going to do this. They, they're going to whoever wins the cup, whether it's the Flyers or not, it doesn't matter. Whoever wins the cup is going to have it for. 27 days 30 days and then they're gonna give it right back because the new season's gonna start i bet you would i mean and that's actually a really good point because the players and the coaches they all get a day with a cup yeah they do i bet you 10 to 1 that's something that they would push back to the following year when the next team won it and they would get their data with the cup down the line so i mean you'll have more time to do it down the road then i would think that's something they'll work something out They'll yeah. work something out. They, they're going to have to. But uh, I mean, think, that's, think that's about a, it. They, they win this year and next year. They'll get two days with the cup. That would be even Oh, yeah, cooler. right. <laughs> yeah. If, if there's a scenario. Well, but you hate back-to-back champions, you said in earlier podcasts. So you what, know, what, what are you going to do here? You're right. Because you know what? Because we've never been appreciated enough to be able to see it every year as we get close. And we never do. And then we did it once with the Phillies. And it was exciting. And it was great. And then you don't see it again. So Yep. I get annoyed with teams like Boston who just every friggin' year you just you, you, you it just just rub it in just rub it in and it just it's, <laughs> it's just ugh, I I can't stand it like come on really all four teams had to win every year for like a decade like don't you get sick of that I yeah, guess I not. I, 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 I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, I, I don't think I would either. But you got to experience. We're just that. jealous. Sure Let's be honest. Thing. Oh hell yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna lie. Are you kidding me? I'm the best thing in the world was going down there in 2008 and in 2018 and celebrate with everybody down at City Hall. Those are those are two moments of my life I will never ever forget. Would I go to a parade again? Probably not. Not gonna lie to you. Unless my unless, unless my boys were older, I would take them. But right, I mean, the night they win, you damn right, I'm getting in my car, I'm driving over the bridge and going to City Hall if they win and party Hell with yeah. everybody. That's the that's the parade right there. That's the best part about it. That's just raw, pure emotion that you'll never experience unless you experience it. Like you'll never be able to understand it unless you experience it. There's no way to describe it. It's just pure unadulterated joy there's just no other way to describe it yep so let's uh let's let's get to this next step here and what the flyers have to do saturday likely at night uh they're vying for that number one seed now all of a sudden and something we didn't anticipate for sure going into the season but here we are they're they're in a one game I sudden, I guess you call it a playoff. It doesn't really. It's not an elimination it's game, playoff. obviously. It's a playoff. At the end either of the way, day, it's a one day playoff for the first overall seed. Yeah. Either way, uh, how do you? What 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 are your thoughts on this? What do, what do the Flyers have to? What do the? What's the number one thing the Flyers have to do to be able to beat Tampa? Uh, not lose. <laughs> oh, good hot take. Thank you for that insight. Great hot take. Yeah, right, exactly. I um, called Judd, like it's just some random Joe Schmo walking down the street in my right? neighborhood and asked him that. Yeah, what, what does the Flyers have to do? They, they, they can't lose. No, they have to. Honestly, when it comes down to it, they have to play their game. They can't 
turn the puck over and they have to be disciplined. If they overthink it, they're going to be in trouble. Tampa is going to come at them with speed and they're going to have a hard time scoring against Andre Vasilevsky. That team the other day, they look like they're getting better. But the bright side is, is that they have only good, good for about half of each game. And then they haven't looked good. I'm talking about the lightning. Yeah. So I, I don't think the flyers need to change anything. They just need to play their game and need to be able to make sure that they are aware and make sure that there's, they're not getting guys um, like Braden point, giving him a whole lot of time and space. Uh, I don't think Stamkos is ready to play yet. Um, I I could be mistaken, but I I know he was hurt, so he might still be skating on his own. Um, But Alex Kalorn, don't give him any chances because he'll find a hole. Uh, And most importantly, um, Nikita Kucherov is their top scorer. You have to find a way to make sure that you isolate him. They're going to have a hard time getting through. Their defense is pretty decent. Um, But they they are a little weak on the DN. Their best defenseman is Victor Hedman. They also have former flyer Braden Coburn. They also picked up Kevin Shattenkirk this year, who has had a real bounce back year. So, yeah. and a lot of the, I mean, Coburn's more of a stay home this day and nowadays. Hedman's one of the best two way players in the game, the two way defenseman in the game. Kevin Shattenkirk can really, really add to their offense. So, they're going to be getting it from all over the place. They just need to play their game and not get overwhelmed by their speed. They need to kind of slow the game down a little bit for Tampa because that will kind of work against them a little bit. So um, I just think that if they focus on how they've been playing solid defensively and making smart plays on offense and don't turn the puck over, basically any key to any hockey game that any Joe Schmo has ever said, they'll be fine. But in reality, they just really have to make sure that they keep Tampa speed in check. And when they do have chances on Vasilevsky, cash in on them. Yeah, I think it comes down. I think this is a game where the top line is going to be key. I, I think they really need they're to start gonna getting have, going. You're they right. got to get going. They, right. They're going to have to get going, and they're also going to need – I think if by by default, by if the first line is going to get going, likely means that the, the, the power play has started to finally find its rhythm in that scenario. But as long as they keep that, that pace up in their passing – and get Vasilevsky moving side to side, get those garbage goals because that's what these, these aren't going to be clean goals like we saw today. Uh, in my in my what I'm thinking, in, in, it might happen, but overall, you got to get these dirty goals in. It's not going to be easy like like Travis connecting and Scott Lawton creating those nice passes. It's going to be rebound heavy goals and 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 just hope that he gives up the big rebound. Yeah, not just that too. But you got to think that he'll probably give up a squeaker or two. Yep. He's done yeah, done that plenty of times in the past. So as long as you, as long as you get him moving side to side, it, it, it that generally just kind of comes with the territory of that. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, I I, I completely agree. It's just you know, it's Vasilevsky is a really good goaltender, and the Flyers have had a lot of trouble against him. I think the Flyers. I mean, he's played the Flyers quite a few times, and they I think they've beaten them once, maybe twice. And I don't think they've beaten Tampa in a while here. I have to double-check it, but they haven't beaten Tampa in the past couple seasons. It's been um, a while, yeah. It, it, they they need to come through. And it, it's re- it's I, I know you're not going to like this, but it's reminiscent of 24, 2004 oh, with, with how good Tampa was and how they just kind of like the Achilles heel of the Flyers that year reminiscent of that right now like and i'm not saying like it's impossible but that that's just the, the, the comparison right now i think well 2004 they didn't beat them at all during the regular season so and then they took yeah. them seven games in the playoffs but game seven they were they were done i i again you know not to keep you know uh, talking in circles here it's just it's i i i won't be upset if they don't win this game 
for a couple of reasons, as I stated in yesterday's podcast. And if you want to know what I thought about it, go back and listen to yesterday's podcast, episode 38, the Paul Healy episode. Paul Healy? You just wanted to say his name one more I time. I did. I really did. I know. <laughs> I didn't, and also the fact that, again, for a second trade episode, I didn't say the point is until it was intentional. So, right so it, yeah. Exactly. So it's working. Um, it just it's It's important for this team to, while they have an opportunity to get first, Again, like I talked about, it's the expectations that could hurt them. So I don't know how well they're going to play Saturday. They need to play their game. It's it's just going to be one of those things where you can't predict it because it depends on what type of Tampa team you're going to get. I don't think the Flyers are going to be any less consistent than they've already been, but it depends on what team Tampa team you're getting. So yeah. um, it, it could come down to if they get first overall – Listen, that's great. That is a great accomplishment coming back from last year, and all of a sudden you're the top team in the East. Uh, but there's some baggage that comes with that as well, especially in the series that happened last night. Montreal wound up winning. Um, so if they face the Canadians in the first round, I'm not too confident about that matchup. And whatever you drop there, I hope you you know hope you're all right over there. I'm okay. That was, it was just my mic. I'm good. I'm all right. <laughs> that's. I think that's a good point to say. We, we should wrap this though. Yeah, I think it's time. <laughs> yeah, I think it's time. Someone's falling asleep over there. So <laughs> hey, it's not my fault. I have to wake up at three in the morning. Either way, well, I took I the job. How you do that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we but all got to do what we got to do. You know what we I mean? We do. And so. you, and we thank you, the listener, for doing your job in that's listening to this podcast and getting the analysis that you expect from us. And you can always uh, chime in with us. You can always follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Send us an email, orangeandbackcheck at gmail.com, or follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. All you got to do is search Orange and Backcheck, and we're right there at the top. And, of course, check out our information or our, our content that's now posted on the SparkNet the spark.net the vince quinn blog that we partnered up with vince quinn's content is incredible i've been on his uh overnight show and his late night shows on the weekends for 94 wip if you're looking for uh additional content vince is a great outlet Uh, he's putting up great great uh posts every single day through all four major sports not just hockey um so always check out his stuff uh but again that's gonna do it we'll talk to you guys again late Saturday night, early Saturday morning, depending on how everything shakes out with the uh, Flyers-Tampa game. Um, Yeah, that's all I got. Uh, For Scott Weinhardt, I'm Bill Kornfeld. We'll talk to you guys on Saturday. First place is close. Oh, great analysis, whoever you are as a color play-by-play. I'm going to say why they're analysing this. Oh, fuck, I left that for Scott. God damn it.